Today's message, um, in a little way, is uh, kind of a follow-up to what we talked about last week. There's a lot of times that I can uh, hide my hurt and my pain. You can hide your hurt and your pain. And um, it's not that we come uh, to as believers and pour it all out and, and deal with our hurt and our pain. But what we need to do is be drawn to the things of God's Word, the promises of God's Word. And God's Word, as we saw last week, here is the sufficiency of our Savior, of His grace, and His Word. You and I, no matter what age we are, you and I have a sufficient Savior and the all-sufficient grace of God and the sufficiency of His Word. My nature, my, my heartbeat is one I want to, I, I would love to fix a problem, you know, with what you're dealing with in life. I, I want to help in counseling people, but I can't always, you know, find the, the magic button to push it and fix everything. And that's kind of a, an exaggeration. We know we can't do that, but we know that God is faithful and Whatever problem you're dealing with, you need to, if you're a believer in Jesus, you need to remind yourself that right away, God is faithful. God has not forsaken his own children. He is faithful. And so we, um, hey, if we're being a broken record on this kind of theme, so be it. Praise God, uh, because tomorrow, whatever, next week, next month, next year, uh, we still need that reminder. And that's the rock. Those are the things that we can refer to as, here's the rock of my salvation. It's Jesus. But here's, here's this truth about what he said about himself. And are you and I relying on that? Or are we running with how we're feeling about something? And so we need to remember to be encouraged in the things of his word. Today, uh, please, uh, no outline, just... You know, scratch over Brennan's outline, you know, and make notes here if you want. All right. But we're uh, please turn to Psalm 143. Psalm 143. <clears throat> And I want to read it, and then we'll pray, and then uh, consider this passage. Psalm 143. This is the word of God. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications. Answer me in thy faithfulness, in thy righteousness. And do not enter into judgment with thy servant, For in thy sight no man living is righteous, for the enemy has persecuted my soul, and he has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me dwell in dark places like those who have long been dead. Therefore my spirit is overwhelmed within me, my heart is appalled within me. 
I remember the days of old. I meditate on all thy doings. I muse on the work of thy hands. I stretch out my hands to thee. My soul longs for thee as a parched land. Selah. Answer me quickly, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide thy face from me, lest I become like those who go down to the pit. Let me hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for I trust in thee. Teach me the way in which I should walk, for to thee I lift up my soul. Deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies. I take refuge in thee. Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Let thy good spirit lead me on level ground. For the sake of thy name, O Lord, revive me in thy righteousness. Bring my soul out of trouble. And in thy loving kindness, cut off my enemies and destroy all those who afflict my soul. For I am thy servant. Thank you, dear God. We bow before you right now. We humble ourselves before you. We ask for your help. We pray that you would lead and guide in this time. And thank you that you are who you say you are. You are the faithful one. You are the rock of our salvation. You are the strength of our lives. You are our shield. You are our refuge. And you are the joy of our lives. Help us to rejoice in you and in your word and in your salvation that you have provided at the cost of Christ's life. Thank you so much for your goodness to us and guide us in this time. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Well, today we're going to open up uh, and, and be looking at this passage and hopefully will be a great gain for us in the matter of spiritual growth. It's a passage where we see God's plan for dealing with the tough stuff of life and come out stronger for it. So, Psalm 143, we can see how God teaches us how a believer can move from being crushed and desolate by sin and Satan to being confident and dependent in the Savior and His Word. And so, here's a four-point outline, okay? A four-point outline about Psalm 143. First of all, dealing with depression, uh, dis- desperation. Desperation. You see it in verses 1 through 4. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give, give ear to my supplications. Answer me in your faithfulness, in your, in your righteousness. Do not enter into judgment with your servant. For in your sight no man living is righteous. The enemy has persecuted my soul. He's crushed my life to the ground. He's made me dwell in dark places like those who have long been dead. And my spirit is overwhelmed within me. My heart is appalled within me. 
So it says, you see his initial outcry in verses 1 and 2. It's a heartfelt outcry. And one right after the other. Hear my prayer. Give ear. Answer me, O God. Notice that he acknowledges in the midst of that God's perfections, God's faithfulness, God's righteousness. Oh my, will that help me and you, believer, as we recall not just crying out to God in the midst of our desperation, but reminding ourselves and calling out the fact that He is who He says He is. In verse 2, he's actually crying out to God for mercy. Look at what it says there. Don't take, God, don't, don't take me to trial. <laughs> don't take, don't uh, enter into judgment with your servant. In thy sight, no man living is righteous. And this is one of the things that we hear as Pastor Brennan speaks in Romans, the issue of our depravity, the issue of our problem, and the the fact that God is right all the time. God is just all the time, right? So here's, here's a great demonstration of healthy theology in prayer. Yes, we're, we're to... Pray in such a way that says, hey, I just, I gotta pray what's on my heart here, but be guided by scripture, be guided by proper theology in your praying. Remind yourself of who God is. Remind yourself of, no one can stand before God on his own. So, if you truly do know the Savior, you can thank God that he is your refuge. And you can stand before God because of Jesus. If you're not a Christian, end of discussion, really. There's no way of standing before God unless what? Unless as an unbeliever, you're calling out for God's mercy and calling out for His saving grace in your life. And we would say praise God with that. But no one can stand before God alone because God alone is just. And so, Lord, uh, work in my situation according to your mercy. Have mercy on me. And here's why. He reports of his opposition, his enemy, uh, under point number one. The enemy's attack, and you can see in verse 3, he's persecuted my soul, crushed my life, made me to dwell in dark places like those who have been long been dead. My spirit's overwhelmed within me. Well, we, we can read of David's enemies in First and Second Samuel. He had real enemies, didn't he? Even... Even one of his sons chasing him, chasing after him to kill him. And here, he doesn't specify who the enemy is, but he had numerous ones. 
The word is that word persecuted is with that idea to pursue and chase after. That's the idea behind persecution. We have fellow brothers and sisters around the world who are being pursued by the enemy. Where the barons are, Jim and Therese, that's happening more and more. Persecution. I don't know if we'll hear that from uh, in the next couple of weeks, you know, whether it's next week with Patty Lappin or the following week with Jason and Angie Borges. But my friend, you and I are very blessed in our community. There's not many of us. There's some. But there's not many of us who are being persecuted. So we also read, he has crushed my life to the ground. Most definite goal in facing some opponent is to crush them to the ground. The idea is to put them down and keep them down. And that's what's happened to David here. And he's made me to dwell in dark places like those who have long been dead. A picture of what? The tomb. He's hiding out among the burial places. In verse 4, we see the effect of the enemy. Uh, my spirit is overwhelmed, faint, feeble. The idea, here's the weakness factor that you know, we brought up last time. Now realize that this was the actual situation David faced. He wasn't being figurative. You and I don't have that situation where it's literal... Here, here are these things happening. But figuratively speaking, we apply it with what? The, the presence of sin and the problem of you or the problem of me. A lot of times, I'm my worst enemy. You are your worst enemy. But David was being real. He was just coming forth, being honest about it. And for the believer today, you, you have your enemies and they, they bring on the assaults. They have the effect on you. But if you're a believer in Christ, <laughs> you're protected. Let that sink in. You're protected. God allows things to take place. But nonetheless, you have the living God with you. Rejoice in that, right? We rejoice in that. Being a child of God, you're in God's family. Okay? Remind yourself of that. You're in God's family. But the enemies today is, uh, we've said, here's yourself, your sin, the, the, the culture that we live in, the world, right? And then the, the enemy of God himself, Satan, and his demons. You know, self uh, Romans 7, as we, we will approach that later on, Romans 7 will tell us the struggle that we have. Self wants the throne in your life. Self wants the throne. And it might be right now that self is on the throne in your life right at this moment. You need to dethrone self and crown Christ as king in your life, Right? That's what we mentioned last week in, in, in ways of the, the problem of pride. Pride is what really lurks behind 
almost everything we do in the name of self. Galatians 5.17, if you want to jot it down, Galatians 5.17 tells us that the flesh sets its desires against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please, that you know are right with God. And Satan himself wants to counterfeit everything. He wants to continue to devise very subtle plans to undermine spiritual things. To detour you, to debilitate you, to neutralize you. So we've got that. We should be understanding that, aware of that, alert to that in our lives. The struggle that we have each day, each week, each month, etc. Peter, just a few references to this. Satan, Peter says that Satan roars about. Like a lion seeking to de- someone to devour. James tells us, uh, resist the devil. He will flee from you. John says, greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. And so for the believer, we can experience plenty of opposition. And we need to be alert to that. In the very tough spot David finds himself in. Here's the stress and the problems that he's dealing with. And he, he opens up about it. Then we go to point number two. It's verses five and six. Look at what he starts with in verse five. I remember. Next line. I meditate. I muse. I stretch out my hands to you. My soul longs for you as a parched land. So point number two. He goes into, I would call it, uh, and yes, this is alliteration. All right. But deep. In deliberations, deep in deliberations, because that's what you need to do. Here's the opposition. Now, what are you going to do? How will you respond? What's your, what's your response to the challenges of life and the opposition that you feel? Oh, oh well, I'm bummed out. And now depression takes over. Or do you respond saying, I will remember. I will remember. I will meditate on who he is. I will muse on these, think through these things. And that's what God's word tells us here. We've got to move in that direction. David takes a step in this way. Doesn't mean all of a sudden everything's disappeared from his you know, opposition-wise, no, it's still there. But he's taken the right step. Will you and I take the right step? So, thus the, the need for the Word of God and the Spirit's work in our lives. So this is, you know, here's the, the, the things to consider in his deep deliberations, and that is uh, his mental response is, I will remember. I'm going to remember. I will meditate. I will think through this. I'll let this sink in and I'll simmer on this. So I want to consider. I want to think through. I want to think carefully of these options. The days of old. What does that mean? Look at it. I will remember the days of old. Well, what has God done in your life? What's your testimony? That's, in a sense, you're looking back 
in one, in one aspect. You're looking back. What has God done? And now you're looking at the present. What is God doing? And what will God do? I want to remember what he has done. And then the next one. I will meditate on all your doings. All that, all that he is active in. And then that next one. I will muse on the work of your hands. What comes to mind there? God's handiwork, right? It always helps. I'm telling you, many of you probably do this, but it always, it really helps. You get up early in the morning, you go outside and look. Look at the sky. You go out at nighttime when the sun sets and the stars come out. Here's God's work. This is God's work. I can rely on Him. He is my Father. He's Creator. And He's my Father. I'm going to muse on His handiwork. See, it's, it's mentioned in various writings and such. God's fingerprints are everywhere. And they're on you. As a child of God, they're on you. Even if you're not a child of God, you you have no faith in Christ, God's fingerprints are still on your life in that you have been created. You're created in His image. So, yes, this is a... Here's a, a spiritual and mental discipline of utmost importance. Don't just wait for next Sunday to roll around to get spiritually fed. This is a spiritual and mental discipline of utmost importance. And if you don't have this, and you know, you don't, you aren't working on this and saying, I, I need to grow in this area of my life, you have nothing to fall back on. Right? There's, there's no real support. Cause you're, you're waiting for next week. <laughs> don't wait for next week. If it's not a spiritual, a growing spiritual discipline in your life, you'll, you'll face regular defeat, regular problems there. And if this is a, a, a discipline in your life, you will experience God's blessing. You will. It's, it's based on His truthfulness. It's based on who He is. He's not going to fail Himself. He won't deny Himself. He, he's going to be true to His Word. You can grow in faith. You'll see a difference in your life. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. says, Do not be conformed to the world, but be... How should we turn to the left or the right? Transformed. There we go. You'll be transformed. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind. Right? So that you may prove what... The will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Spiritual discipline. Okay. And then here's uh, verse six. Look at verse six. I, I, I'll stretch out my hands to you. My soul longs for you as a, as a parched land. It's not simply a mental effort, but now a response of your body. Now, I'm not suggesting that all of you had to do all the motions here to the songs. But 
Is there something wrong when you lift up your hands? There's nothing wrong with lifting up your hands. You're you're saying, God, it's not that you're trying to show some higher level of spirituality. What are you doing? Wow, he's really spiritual. You, you, You respond with your body. Whose body is it anyway? <laughs> you are not your own if you're a believer. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. If there's something to praise God about, there's nothing wrong with lifting up your hands. If you, you don't want it, that's fine. There's no problem there either. But the idea is in lifting up your hands, you're saying, I offer up my life, Lord. I'm praising you, Lord. My only purity is from you, Lord. Cleanse me. Wash me. Here here I am. I praise you. Okay, so... So, that's... Point number two. Point number three, verses seven through nine, is being devoted to dependence. This is where we were going last week, really. We've got to be devoted to dependence on Christ. Okay? Verse seven. Look at the difference in his words here. Verse seven. Answer me quickly, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, or I will become like those who go down to the pit. Let me hear your loving kindness in the morning, for I trust in you. Teach me the way in which I should walk, for to you I lift up my soul. Here we see his devotion and his desire for real, true communion with the Lord. We see that he is demonstrating what James tells us to draw near to the Lord drawing near because of my weakness because my spirit fails and so Lord verse 7 do not hide your face from me sometimes we have we have times in our lives where we feel like God's face is turned from me and again here in the midst of his his, his despair, his desperation, he's, he's calling that to mind. It's not his idea. It's based on God's promise to us. So, Lord, do not hide your face from me. Reminds us of the, the passage, Numbers chapter 6. A reference to look at and consider the Lord bless you and keep you, right? The, the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I want God's blessing in my life. And I, I know that most all of you, I don't know everyone, but I know most all of you want that exact same thing. You want God's blessing in your life. So, dependence on God comes from us 
eager to hear from him, you know, preparing for a time where we're together on a Sunday morning, preparing for going to a connect group during the week, preparing for uh, Bible study, preparing for it, asking God, Lord, stir up my heart. Help me to be eager to receive your word as we go. Let me hear your loving kindness in the morning. He's saying, speak to me. Speak to me, Lord. I trust in thee. Then verse 9. Deliver me, O God. With each of these requests comes a statement of devotion to the Lord. I trust thee. For to thee I lift up my soul. I take refuge in thee. I come to thee for deliverance, for protection. The psalmist is bringing himself to dependence on God with these statements. And all are based on God's perfections, God's performance. When I am failing, having God's blessing. When I am failing, having God's instruction, Lord, teach me. When I'm failing, having God's protection, Lord, deliver me. In the last section, verses 10 through 12, is discovering true deliverance. Discovering true deliverance. Verses 10 through 12. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. For the sake of your name, O Lord, revive me. In your righteousness, bring my soul out of trouble. And in your loving kindness, cut off my enemies. And destroy all those who afflict my soul, for I am your servant. So in this final section, we see another shift in his prayer. From from hopefulness to determination now. I'm I'm hoping, but now I'm determined on these things, in these things. He's talking in terms of my conviction. There's a conviction about these things. Let's even call it a a steady confidence that we can have. If we were without Scripture, if we were without the promises of God, think of the instability of this world. Think of it. Shaky ground. (laughs) Very shaky. And even as believers, we still get upset we still get bothered and and stirred up about the conditions in this world. (coughs) But David gives the example, hey, we can have confidence. We can have a steady confidence in God. So, call it a strong confidence. Because he proclaims in verse 10, teach me to do thy will for... It's like I I can see him kind of... Hitting the lectern if he had it in front of him. For thou art my God. Let thy good spirit lead me on level ground. And so we need to recognize it. It starts by having knowledge, but it doesn't end with that. It's not simply having or in enjoying, you know, certain things, but being able to say with conviction, you're my God in the face of trouble. You're my God. I will trust you. You have helped me. You have delivered me. Here it is. Strong confidence. 
And the idea of God's spirit leading you on level ground. You see that in verse 10 there? Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. I think of the, the Psalm, uh, Psalm 23, the good shepherd. He leads us, doesn't he? And there will be times where it will be a valley. You go down. It's not always straight and level. Plain, you know, simple tracking along in your life with, as a Christian. There's going to be times where it's dips and valleys, mountains. But as we learn his word, teach me your will, O God. That's from the scriptures. Life does have a, a pattern for us, I think, where there will be following the shepherd, following our good shepherd. He will lead us and provide for us. So, and it's all for the purpose of his name's sake. Verse 11, for the sake of your name. And most of you understand this. It's not just the name of God, the name of Yahweh, Jehovah, or even Saint Jesus. It's about all that he is, all that he represents, all of his characteristics. It's about all of him. When we say in his name or for his name's sake. His name represents everything he is. All that he is about. And then verse 11. It continues on to say, oh Lord, revive me. In what? Camp time feelings. No. Revive me in your righteousness. Again, this is something that is so solid, it's not shifting. It's so solid and secure. His righteousness, revive me in your righteousness, O God. Quicken me, make me alive, bring my soul out of trouble. So when there's been a presence of trouble, and when we have been under attack... When we have maybe allowed sin to go unchecked in our lives, we rationalize it, ignore it, whatever. When we've allowed self to be in charge, as we mentioned earlier, we need to pray, God, have your will. Teach me your will. Jesus has instructed us on how to deal with our enemies, hasn't he? So if you do have literal human enemies, what does Jesus say? Love your enemies. Love your enemies. Show a different response than the world. And your only hope in that is by his strength, by his grace, by his example. Forgive. You've been forgiven. Be ready to forgive others. Your enemies, we tend to, you know, turn and say, I am so upset. I'm so bothered. You know, situations, even this past week, hearing of what my daughter had to go through. It's like, had I been there, 
you know, I, I wasn't there. But it was a, it, it was a situation that was, I'm, I'm not going to mention it, but it's just, it's frustrating. It's like, ugh. I don't want to forgive her. I want her to pay for it. <laughs> what kind of Christ-like attitude is that, right? So Lord, revive us. Quicken us to your truth and how to respond in situations like that, right? It's only by his righteousness and with his loving kindness that we're delivered from these kind of things. Our troubles rescued, delivered from our enemies, right? Yes, wisdom must be activated. Wisdom just to get away. Turn away and move, distance yourself in a situation. Maybe students, you're, you're still in high school or whatever, middle school. You have to learn what wisdom says. Get away from the, the influence. Get away from it. Move away. That, that's wisdom. Some of us can't move away because it's at work or it's at home. Learn to respond the way we see here not only in Psalm 143, but in Scripture. It's prayer. The context is prayer. And thus the issue of discovering the deliverance that's there that Christ offers you. You've been delivered from the bondage of sin. Stop and think, what else have I been delivered from as I face problems and enemies and opposition and trials, etc. What have I been delivered from? We should be delivered from an unforgiving spirit. We should be delivered from the problem of bitterness, right? We need to turn away from that. So, do you have confidence in what you've been delivered from? Is that how you can eventually come through, like with Psalm 143, work through that to come to this conclusion? I have confidence. I have strong confidence in my God. And I want to learn to do His will in my relationships with people, with my family, with my friends, co-workers, etc. So, God's work of deliverance in your life. Being delivered is not only about being set free from sin, about being set safe from harm's way, but being delivered is, it's an amazing gift. It's a, it's a total blessing from God. Being delivered has huge lesson behind it that you would maintain being one thing. Just keep being dependent on, on the Lord. Sounds simple, but the challenge comes as we are in the midst of the trial or the, the pressure, depending on God. Trust in Him. As the Bible says, walk in love, one step at a time. One step. I'm going to trust God that He will shine his light in my life and help me to walk in love. So, we uh, 
wrap it up with let's let's be people that we understand that the pressures will come but we turn in our mind in our thoughts to I will remember verse 5 I will meditate I will muse I will stretch out my hands to you my soul longs for you is that your heart's desire really can you pray that my heart's desire is I long for you Oh, God. I guess as, as people go along in life and we're learning more and more of God's Word, we realize that less and less in this life satisfies us. And more and more about God truly satisfies us. He should be our delight. I haven't arrived yet, but that's the journey I want to go on. I want to be on. I want to stay on. And so, might that be your prayer also? And remember that being delivered is not so that you can go about living then however you want, because it's all about grace, right? I can, hey, I'm free. No, <laughs> being delivered drives us to dependence. Being delivered drives us to dependence. Dependence on the one and only Jesus. If you're here this morning and you've not <clears throat> come to recognize your real problem in your heart, the real problem in your life, Jesus came to Bring about deliverance from sin. Jesus came to die in your place because sin must be judged. Sin must be dealt with. And Jesus came and paid the price. And so we wrap up our time to call out. Whosoever believeth on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. Yes, But does, does that not make much sense to you right now? We hope that you'll take time to maybe talk to someone that you're, you came with. Someone that you'd want to talk to. I would love that. I'd love the opportunity to talk with you. To tell you about receiving Christ as Lord. The wonderful thing is you can do it right here, right where you're at right now. Acknowledge your sin. Acknowledge that God is holy and perfect in every way. And he has the right to judge sin and sinners. He is holy, perfect God. And that's the problem. You, if you do not know Christ, you have broken his law and you stand condemned right now. Without the healing Work and the rescuing work of Christ, you will, you'll face the wrath of God for sin. Because you can't cover it yourself. You can't pay for it yourself like Christ did. And so the Bible says, repent and believe. Come to faith in Jesus Christ. And recognize that the thing that stands in the way is your pride. 
because most all of us will just sit back and say, I either I don't need it or I can handle it. I can I can overcome or something. And quite honestly, that's the problem with religion is it puts up a phony front to say it's up to you to get yourself right with God. That's false religion. But that's the religion that most of us hear about throughout, especially the United States. And so Jesus called out saying, come unto me, all who labor and are heavy laden. And what? I will give you rest. Would you please trust in the Lord Jesus Christ today? Put your faith in him. Like I said at the start of the service, everyone's a worshiper. You're worshiping something every day. So we call out as a... We're not a perfect people here at Parkside. We simply call out to the perfect one, Jesus. And we want to support you in that and encourage you and pray for you in that. And for you who are believers, um, as we wrap up our time here this morning, you think about who you see on a regular basis in our community. You start praying for them. Pray for their salvation and ask God for opportunity. Help me, Lord, to share the gospel with this person. Help me, Lord, to speak the truth in love. Okay. And as we close, um, just please remember to keep Vacation Bible School and their teachers and our workers in prayer. Let's stand together and close in prayer. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications and answer me in your faithfulness and in your righteousness. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our time together. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your faithfulness and your righteousness, Lord. How good you are. And Lord, we want to just say together that... uh, Apart from Christ and the righteousness of Christ, we would be lost and undone. We would be condemned and we would be separated from you forever. But thank you for the righteousness of Christ. That as we have placed faith in Christ, that righteousness is put to our account. And so, Lord, we thank you that Lord, in your eyes, we stand holy and blameless because of Christ. And so please help me and each one of us here today and throughout this week to walk in that righteousness, to walk in the path of the righteous and to love you above all else. Be glorified in our lives and and we pray, Lord, for your great, wonderful work here at Vacation Bible School tonight as we get started and throughout the week. Please, dear Lord, save little children. Bring about 
new life in Christ for little children and for their parents and siblings, Lord. And we know that we can't do it in our own strength. We look to you, Lord, for your help and your grace. Thank you, Lord. And uh, we praise you in Jesus' precious name. And all God's people said...